Welcome to Stream Leader Report Live. I am Ross Brand, and I don't think I've ever had this much talent watching me from the green room as I get ready to go live. So uh, I am excited. I can't wait to bring them on. Today we're going to talk about an important question for live streamers, content creators of all stripes, whether podcasters, YouTubers, bloggers, um, social media pros. Are you putting too much time and effort into social media compared to other options for distributing your content? It does appear that reach on social media platforms has diminished uh, across the board, uh, but too many creators have settled into a pattern of posting and promoting and sharing their content either exclusively or primarily on social media and we're going to ask the panel is that still a good idea have things actually changed and do you need a plan b should you start making a plan b should you've had a plan b several years ago what's important is we address this issue now because you don't really hear a lot of people talking about it but things at least from my vantage point have changed a lot over the last couple of years on social media um, and things like multi-streaming or uh, distributing your content all over social, if that's your exclusive path to promoting, distributing, monetizing your content, that might not be the answer. So, And are there other platforms out there that hold more positive opportunities that may be better for people in terms of where to share their content, where to connect with their audience, and how to monetize. So let's find out. We have a terrific panel gathered together today. Um, we've got leading creators. We've got industry experts and entrepreneurs. And we're going we're gonna to go in two shifts. So uh, we're going to keep things moving. We're going to start off with uh, Mr. John Burke, the head of marketing and digital strategy at Al Roker Entertainment. We're also going to bring in uh, a good friend, Michael Kinney, who is an award-winning uh, broadcast professional, a YouTuber, and an actor on Canada's longest-running television show, and the great coach Jenny, who, of course, is, like the name says, a coach, Jenny Mustafa Julak, is the full name. She's an author and a community builder, and she's has programs that she provides through her website. And so uh, a few different perspectives from the industry, from entrepreneurship. Uh, coming up in just, just a little bit, we're going to get to uh, Eric Hunley, Joey Garrity, and Kim Doyle, all of whom are fantastic. But let's start. I'm going to start with you, Coach Jenny, because I remember when you were live streaming on Blab, and everybody was trying to become popular on Blab and then moved to Facebook Live and trying to become internet famous. And you always had a different kind of focus. Uh, so talk a little bit about that and then give us your thoughts on my contention that creators can't rely on, on social media. Absolutely. As soon as you come to me, it froze up for a second, but I got the gist. <laughs> uh, so I, becoming a big deal on Blab was a lot of fun. 
And it serves me so well now in 2022, doesn't it? <laughs> Getting absolutely nowhere, being a big deal on a now defunct platform. I was also a big deal on Huzzah. Anybody remember Huzzah? Most people don't, right? Oh, you guys do. Okay, see, I'm in the right place. It's very easy to get kind of sucked into becoming internet famous on the next big platform. But my focus is always about what is my objective? And my objective is to grow my coaching membership, not to be a celebrity on some social media platform. It is so easy to get kind of sucked into that, right? It's so easy to get attracted to the idea of having that fame and fortune that you get by having those really great follower numbers and all of those kinds of details that I'm not saying don't matter, but they don't matter nearly as much as what our actual objectives are. Has social media changed? Is there less organic reach? Is there less opportunity for, you know, managing a Facebook group as your primary way of communicating with people or distributing live streams to social media platforms? Yes, it's changed. It probably changed in the time that we took to set up this live stream. It's changing <laughs> incessantly and constantly. It's always, always changing. I remember when Facebook groups first became a thing in the coaching industry, it was the best thing in the whole wide world that you could possibly imagine because suddenly we were able to create these free Facebook groups and bring all these people in and provide them with tons of value. And that works until it doesn't just like everything in social media. When it comes to my business, one of the things I've had to learn how to do is to let go of a strategy when it's no longer working. So there's two questions I'm always asking myself, do I love it? And is it working? Or in the case of social media, do I still love it? And is it still working? Because if the answer to both of those is a hell yes, I want to double down. But if the answer to both of those is not so much anymore, it's time to pivot. So we have to be willing to kind of dance in the moment and also find the different places where we can be our best. You know, I'm, I'm a loud mouth. I like to run my mouth a lot. So I loved Clubhouse until I did it. And I love Blab until I did not And I love these kind of spaces until I don't anymore. As soon as I'm realizing they're not meeting the objectives I have for social media, I've got to diversify and find someplace else to talk. All right. I'm going to come back to you later and I'm going to ask you about what advice you would give to somebody starting out today. If Coach Jenny was starting out online today, could she follow a similar path or would you recommend doing something totally different? Uh, but next, I'm going to go to Michael Kinney. And you spend a lot of time, of course, on, on YouTube. Uh, first of all, do we consider YouTube a social network? And if we do... Uh, do you feel that YouTube is throttling creators perhaps to the same extent that some of the other platforms are? Well, it's interesting. Um, TikTok, the head of marketing at TikTok came out recently in the conference saying that TikTok is not a social media platform. TikTok is an entertainment platform, which I found very interesting. And I think YouTube, you can kind of paint them with the same brush. I think they're angling uh, to, to in that direction. And more and more, YouTube is becoming a search engine, a search and discovery engine. And uh, it's, it's the place where people go when they're looking for answers. And so when YouTube started out years ago, it was, hey, put your videos up. The, there was no algorithm. It was sort of just chronological, whatever. Be entertained. That's funny. Cat videos, that kind of thing. Now, so many people go to YouTube looking for answers. You have to be so strategic now in terms of 
optimizing your video. It's no longer about just let's make the video and put it up there. You, you're, you're, you're being strategic and optimizing before you even turn the camera on now. So you need to know an entire strategy if, if you want to be discovered, if you want to build an audience. And that's one of the challenges now that <coughs> has changed is the other thing is the niching down, niche down, niche down. You hear that a lot. And that, that platform of creativity and just put up what you want, you can do that. But if you want to grow an audience and hopefully monetize, you have to be so much more strategic now. And that's the big change. Now, backing up from, from YouTube and taking a wider look at all, all of social media, what do you make of my contention that if you're a small business owner or an independent creator, social media just isn't that into you anymore? Well, you know what? It's a thing that I hear a lot of YouTube creators say as well, and, it, and I think it goes for social media in general. This whole idea that you know, these platforms owe you something that they're going to just, you know, they're going to put your stuff out there, you're going to they're going to discover new followers. It really doesn't work like that anymore. You have to sort of just like any other platform, you have to be strategic. You have to go find an audience. I tell people who ask me they want to start YouTube channels and social media in general, you have to find you have to find your audience. You can't wait for them to come to you. And I think more and more social media is becoming more work, more strategic to go out and find audiences. And it's something that people don't really think about, right? They think, well, I'll just put it up there and people will show up. And it just doesn't work that way. So you're having to work harder now in order to get the same discovery and the same number of eyeballs. Unfortunately, that's kind of the game now. And people are so conditioned to go to social media to find content it's really difficult to try and find it. I know you're going to talk about this later, but to find an alternative way to, to, to reach people. All right. We're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit later to you about alternative ways, because I know that you have other options where you're engaging with your fans and your followers. So we'll, we'll get to that in, in a couple minutes. Um, for John, um, from the, I guess the the agency or the production company perspective, working with bigger productions and bigger brands, how is how has social media changed in, in in the way maybe you're seeing them get results on social or the way you're marketing those brands? Sure. Well, um, I first want to say I I um, appreciate being asked to be on this. Uh, uh, Mr. Brand, thank you very much. I am concerned about that plant behind you. It looks like it needs a little bit of water. <laughs> it, it, it's um, doing actually very well. It's okay, doing very well. Good, it's, good. You might it's, actually <laughs> want to turn it towards the sun. Um, anyway. uh, you know, it's a late afternoon sun, John. Okay, it's early morning out here in Hollywood, so, so excuse the hair. Um, but anyway, so I I think that your your um, uh, your experts are spot on. Um, I love what Michael was was just mentioning about the fact that the platforms don't owe you anything, and that's always been the case. I mean, they're the pipelines. You're the content creator. They're looking for ways to make money off of you, not the other way around. Um, so uh, basically, um, for us in TV, and it's interesting that that you mentioned niche down because I got to write a proposal today. We have a show that we're doing with a uh, company that that I can't name, but they are in uh, the farming business, and we're doing a documentary on uh, the racial undertones of farming. By the way, 
Okay. <clears throat> and I need to find an audience that will consume that content. And a lot of it is done these days when we build out our production plans, we build into it a marketing plan as well, because there is so much content out there. We all know TV content, uh, streaming content, content on social media, that we have to look for ways to direct people towards our content in order for it to make money. Because we make money a lot of times uh, off of the sale of our TV shows, obviously. But also, too, if it goes to an AVOD platform or a FAST platform, these are platforms that have advertising against that content, not the not the Netflix of the world yet. <laughs> they are going AVOD. But... Um, <clears throat> Uh, there's a there's a potential to make money uh, basically into per, uh, uh, perpetuity or, or for however that uh, long that term is, and um, a lot of times it's 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 long tail dollars, but it's dollars nonetheless. Okay, for content that's dormant. <clears throat> uh, but anyway, my point basically being is I need to look for influencers in the uh, the farming vertical. All right, that I can hire to put onto this project in order to uh, direct eyeballs towards this content when it comes out in the fall. Um, so that's one example of that niche down kind of thing, right? I always build into our plans now. And it, it, listen, this has been a uh, like um, an internal kind of uh, uh, basically a crusade that I've been on with my company, which is a linear television company, a linear television kind of mindset where they need to think of the digital um, aspects of this content at the same time that they're doing the linear. So uh, we hire TV producers and they're linear people, okay? They, they, they know how to make a linear television show. But, but uh, for years I've been pushing for, let's make the digital content as well at the same time. Let's, let's also create behind the scenes stuff, inside access things. People love access, okay? So um, uh, like this is now part and parcel with all of the projects that are, are going, um, or that are coming into the company and that we are actually producing at the same time. So our, our uh, uh, like the need to use these platforms, this is a very interesting uh, topic, okay? Because I didn't think there was a problem, you know? And, but the way that you kind of like, like put this together, I'm like, oh my God, maybe I'm doing this all wrong. Uh, but like, is there an issue I should think about here? Should I not be using YouTube? Should I not be using Facebook? Um, but it all goes into the mix. And right, I feel right. that that real estate, um, if it's free, take it, you know. Um, so so have things on Instagram, have things on TikTok, have things on Twitter, have things on YouTube. Right. But but uh, uh, to Michael's point, make them so targeted that that if I do a search, right, that's what's going to come up. So uh, to, to kind of go back around. Right. And, and look at at options and other options um, that you may have. John, when you're working with, I guess, businesses and creators that can afford it, because we know it's expensive, um, is having an app or a your own platform of some type for distributing that content, um, the plus, the, the, you know, NBC has Peacock and, you know, CNN tried with CNN Plus. It works sometimes. It doesn't work sometimes. But is that the the answer for creators with a large volume of content who can do it is to get people monetize a smaller subset of that audience, but feed them that exclusive content you were talking about? Yeah, I think that 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 as far as as like what the what, what the whole like preface of this talk is about, which is making money for online creators, which I don't 
really envy any of you because that 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 just must be a slog. I, I mean, it must be if you're not doing it 24 hours a day, then you're thinking about doing it uh, actually 24 hours a day, right? So um, the the thing the thing that I would say is it's it's so important to build that audience up uh, within like some specific verticals. Don't be all things to all people, right? But if you're really good at say auto mechanics, right, and and you're just killing it with with that content. Uh, then um, an agency is going to find you, okay? And they are going to look for if they have to work with a brand on just amplifying content or just amplifying whatever it is that they're trying to amplify, like a product launcher or or, or like whatever it is, okay? Then they're going to find you, right? Um, that does matter. That means something, right? So like for me, uh, we... Uh, we have a project coming up on the 19th of May. It's in D.C. It's with a nonprofit. It's using sports for social influence. And I had to hire um, an influencer agency for that. And the first one I went to was uh, getting me um, all these influencers in beauty and hair and makeup. I'm like, you guys don't get it. This is not what I want. Right. They just think that influencers, you just go grab influencer. Boom. Right. It has to fit the vertical. It's got to fit the topic. Right. So I I. Um, got rid of uh, they actually got rid of me because i was absolutely rude to them on the phone and they, they actually fired me which i thought was interesting uh which i actually kind of enjoyed uh which is kind of weird um but but uh the uh the new agency i brought on got it they understood sports for social impact they they brought me athletes they brought me community leaders they brought me people that i know will amplify the message and make it look organic at the same time, right? Because I'm paying a lot of money for it, right? So, <laughs> so it's 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 really important to get also with an agency. Make sure an agency. Make sure you're on on the agency radar. So, if we do a part two of this one day, we'll talk about how independent creators can get on agency radars. As um, Beauty Bowman makes an excellent point in the chat, the indies lack a formal publication or respected journal to reach people who would be interested in, in, in working with them. Um, Michael, what, what you, you're doing something with um, Buy Me a Coffee where you're engaging. You, you've sort of taken that plus concept, but you've moved it into a platform for independent creators um, to monetize their content for extra content or for people who want to work with you or just be part of a community. Talk a little bit about what you're doing with that. And then if there are other solutions that you have uh, of where maybe people should be either distributing content, monetizing content, or making people aware of what they're doing. Well, you know, to coach Jenny's point about having, it's important what your goal is, you know, and if you're somebody who has um, a business or your membership, or you have services that you're trying to, to market, and that's that's how you're monetizing, your strategy for social media is going to be different. You're not going to worry so much about, you know, massive, massive reach, because it's the folks that sign up for your services, that value is tremendous. And you don't have to go, you know, swing for the for the fences with that. My approach is kind of it's a layered approach. I, I don't have right now, I don't, I don't offer courses. I don't offer that kind of thing right now, but I do, I, I kind of have a space for that. And as a creator, I think to monetize these days, you have to have sort of a multi-tiered approach where you have the, you know, you're using social media, you're optimizing, you're trying to get as many eyeballs on your content. And then some of those eyeballs, those folks, those audience members want more of you. So you provide 
provide ways for them to have more of you, if that's a membership or, or if it's consulting. And, you know, maybe down the line you're doing merch. Um, and so maybe you're selling physical products at one point. And so what I'm doing with Buy Me A Coffee, it's kind of a place where people who appreciate my content can show me that appreciation, but they also get extra value in return. And I think as creators now, you have to have that multi-tiered approach in terms of your strategy of, of what you want to do. If you have a product like a membership or you have services that you're offering, you can really concentrate on that and, and, and build your, your social media uh, strategy around that. But if, you, if you're not quite sure what you're going to do if you don't have a product, my advice is have that multi-tiered approach where people you can sort of bring people closer to you and try to monetize that interest and that relationship. And then eventually, because you're building up an audience, and then eventually when you come up with a product or you offer consulting services, you plug that in and you're not having to go out and build an entire audience just to, you know, just to, to sort of get them to come to that, those services. So in terms of alternatives, I, you know, it's interesting question because unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess for the, for the social media platforms, we've all been so conditioned to go to social media to find out what's going on. We're so conditioned to go to YouTube to search to, you know, I need to find this or I want to, I even for entertainment, let me see what's going on, on YouTube. Let me check out my feed. People are so conditioned to go there. And so it's kind of, you have to play in that arena and then hopefully bring those folks, you know, I don't want to mention like funnels, but to, to bring those folks closer <laughs> to your other, pro, you know, whatever you're doing, right. That's, it's kind of like you cast the wide net and then you kind of, you know, have like, again, those layers, those tiers where you bring people in, but I, I can't see right now, not doing social media. I mean, right. And, and this, this isn't my, like for Michael, John, Jenny, this, this isn't so much about saying the platforms owe us something or, you know, shame on them for changing algorithms or what it, it's, it's just that a lot, as you were saying, Michael, I, I think a lot of people need to do a sober assessment of what the real return is. Uh, you know, I like to say, are you judging your social media performance based on social metrics or are you judging them based on business <clears throat> metrics? Um, if you go live with 10 people and three sign up for consulting calls, that's a successful, very successful live stream. If you go live and have 10,000 people and not one person even joins your email list or, or asks when you're going live again next time, then are you moving your business forward or not? Is anything that you accomplished really a leading indicator to being able to stay in business and continue being a, a, a professional creator? Well, I think in that case, though, it's, it's a lot of people, they're, they're, their knee-jerk reaction is to blame the platform. <laughs> and I think you have to take a sober assessment of what you're doing uh, because the platform is, is delivering you know, is, is giving you reach. And so that, honestly, that's really all you can ask for is that reach. And then you have to work with that reach to start building audiences and do all that stuff. It's not, it, it's not going to happen on its own. And I think, I think the, the big change that's happening for a lot of creators is they're realizing, wow, I have to be like a marketing strategist now. I have to, I have to know how to read analytics now. I have to know how to formulate a plan based on the analytics. I don't know if you've been in the uh, YouTube studio lately, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible the amount of information you have access to. This is like agency level 
<clears throat> metrics. And I mean, for someone who just wants to start a YouTube channel, hey, it, it can be daunting, but this is where we're at now, I think. And, and I think it's only going to get, uh, you know, more complex as more people come onto the platforms and as the platforms figure out how can we monetize and make money and keep more of the money while still getting creators <laughs> to come onto the platform. John, hey, quick um, thought before we, we head back yeah. to this, Jenny. Yeah, there, there was comments made there, and um, you know that you have to have a marketing a marketing strategy and a marketing plan and no data. Of course you do. I mean that that's a given, right? And you've got to be very cognizant of how that content is wrapped around data, and um, it's even to the point now in Hollywood now um, that the studios used to be run by creative people. They're run by data experts for the most part. Um, it's it's the finance and marketing people that run run Hollywood, and they all came over from digital, right? So they all understand uh, algorithms very very uh, well, right? <clears throat> um, the one thing I was going to mention was that um, uh, the the um, like the need for that is just just getting more and more. But but at the end of the day, and as much as we like to poo poo vanity metrics, right? When I go back to our 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 brand clients. Um, that we do branded content for, it's the only thing they care about, right? That's all they want to see. Like, uh, they, they, uh, they have a problem at times even articulating what the KPIs are, and they'll just say, we, uh, we'd like to see the increase within our audience. We don't really have a number, you know? Um, so, so it's hard to, like, like, like benchmark the CPMs off of an abstract, you know? But we, we still need to look for ways to... to um, give them a tangible and that tangible to them is seeing their vanity metrics increase or some top level engagement they never get into the weeds with like the real nitty-gritty of the of the engagement sometimes they want to see sentiment usually not they just want to see their numbers increase so they can go back and tell their bosses we spent a hundred thousand dollars on this marketing campaign this is what happened right right so they're often not paying as close attention as we, the creators, are or people who are consuming, perhaps, that content on a regular basis are. It's gotten so bizarre because everybody's job is on the line right now, right? And uh, they're all just running scared, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And we saw last week with Netflix and their stock crash and then all the layoffs coming and everybody concerned about that. <clears throat> and I know this is about, like, more of the Hollywood kind of approach, but that's my life you know we're, we're um, gonna get a we're gonna get more hollywood in the in the next segment too so it's <laughs> joey garrity is gonna be joining us from from hollywood. yeah yeah cool but 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 it, but it really is like always be aware of your metrics always be aware of your analytics and always look for ways to use those so coach jenny if you were starting out uh not coach jenny of 2014 or 2015 but coach jenny of 2022 and yes. you were where you were back when you were on Blab in 2015, would you be able to go about it the same way or would you advise uh, the next coach, Jenny, to do something different? Where would you put your time and attention? I feel like I'm entering the matrix here with a couple <laughs> of red pill, blue pill, but I like it. Um, the coach Jenny of, 20, uh, 2015 who was making those choices was making those choices based on what we had right now. I would definitely do things differently today. You guys bring up so many really important points. I can barely spell analytics uh, because I am a 
personal development and business coach, right? I, I want to focus on relationships, not on numbers. It's not my thing. And I have to know enough to be dangerous, enough so that I can tap into social media and use it as a tool, but just can't be everything. That's what I love about this conversation. It, I can't rely solely on it. And I certainly can't rely solely on one or two platforms. Anybody feel feel me on Google Plus. I mean, even Google couldn't keep that thing going. Okay. So we're not just talking about the tiny things, some major, major platforms have come and gone. And so we have to be really, really nimble. So what I would have done, what I would do today, if I was starting from scratch with all that I know now, is I would make sure that I spend more time figuring out my message than figuring out how to find an audience. I see so many people in the coaching industry spending so much time trying to learn how to trigger the right keywords and figure out the dance so that they get the right people. They get the most number of people. They spend a lot of time on niching, which I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's incomplete. If you don't have something really powerful to say that makes people feel like, oh, I get her. Uh, how is this broad reading my mind? If, if people can get to that point, then I know I'm doing a good job. And when I first started, I was spending far too much time trying to figure out the game of the different social media tools instead of trying to figure out my message, what I was trying to say, and why people should care about what I have to say, why people should feel connected to me. The other thing I would do is as quickly as humanly possible, invite them into my world where I own the real estate. I kept sending them to other places where I was borrowing the real estate, like a Facebook group or such. When you're borrowing that real estate, the, the rules can change on you on a dime. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just an incomplete thing again. Well, thank you guys so much. This has been uh, just an awesome part one. We're going to bring on a whole new panel in, in just a minute. But we'll say thank you to Coach Jenny. Thank you to Michael Kinney. And thank you to John Burke. Fabulous, fabulous insights, guys. Thank you for having thank me, you so Ross. Much, Ross. And before we get to our next group, a quick hello to uh, everybody contributing in the chat. Joanne Crawl is there. Ziggy Shrugs. Um, Danielle, great to see you. Dr. Tachi is here. Um, I've seen Beauty Bubble in the chat. Uh, Melanie Falvey uh, from Expert Channel TV is here. Uh, Dr. Stuart Bukang, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, you're there as well. Great to see you. Thank you all for uh, being here and for contributing in the chat. We're going to bring our, our next group of uh, creators and entrepreneurs and industry insiders into the conversation. We have Joey Garrity, Eric Hunley, and Kim Doyle. And let me tell you a little bit about them. Hollywood came up. John Burke mentioned it in the last segment. Joey Garrity is a Hollywood insider and a digital pioneer in Hollywood. She's also a network podcaster and an author of a new book. Uh, Eric Hunley has three fast-growing YouTube channels and talk shows. Uh, he's killing it on YouTube Live, and he's also got a really engaged community on Locals. And Kim Doyle has been making a living online since there was online. It seems like she's been, uh, she's been a, a terrific entrepreneur and she's put a lot of her focus in recent time on email newsletters and e-learning programs of her own. So guys, thanks so much for being here. It, it's great to have all of you on. Um, Kim, I'm, I'm going to start with, with you. Um, you were 
a podcaster for a while. Uh, you still are a podcaster, but uh, when I got to know you, I knew you as a podcaster first and foremost. Um, talk a little bit about why you've changed from sort of just distributing the content on the platforms where they are to now having a very targeted approach to social media. Uh, uh, really, it's a targeted approach to business. It, it's it, it, social media is just a piece of it, right? Uh, you're muted. Sorry, you never know. Yeah. I've got clothes trying to be respectful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah, no. Well, you know, like I have been doing this a long time. I've always been a content creator, but it was when I put a real concentrated effort into email that profits increased. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, that's why I'm doing this. And I mean in terms of sustainability and a lifestyle, right? But it's just, I feel like if I can get people onto my email list, I get to control the relationship I create with them, right? So now I've kind of pivoted my social activity to, can I build a relationship and can I get them on my email list? That's it. And so, and honestly, I'm, I think it's probably, I mean, I have a newsletter called F the Hustle. I live in Costa Rica. I'm like, I want ease in my life at this stage. And so it's, where do I get more leverage and at the end of the day, I own nothing on these social platforms, right? I own my email list. I mean, and they're people. I'm not looking at them as numbers and names, but I get to control that narrative. I get to create that conversation there. And truth be told, I love it. I love writing. I have fallen in love with it because of podcasting, actually, writing show notes and, and you know, and promoting that. And so I just, I get way more leverage, honestly, out of writing. Um, that being said, the social that I'm choosing to, like I've had a YouTube channel. It was all how to do stuff with WordPress originally. Mm -hmm. and But YouTube is to, um, you know, the previous panel, there's search engine opportunities there. So it's anywhere, where can I get search? Where can I get traffic organically? And I just, so everything I do, I the goal is to get them on my email list so that I can, I can control that relationship. And it's just, it's where I have more fun is kind of how I choose it. You know, I've got a 10,000 person Facebook group and I keep debating like, okay, let's do a reboot. And it's just the thought of showing up and creating free and, and showing up all the time somewhere where I don't get to control what they do afterwards. Not that I can control that anywhere, but um, it's just, it, it feels flat. And, and honestly, I don't have a loyalty to a platform. I have a loyalty to my business. So I, I like publishing where I enjoy being at the end of the day. What's the biggest change you've noticed in social media in terms of either how your content's performing, how much engagement you're getting? Have you noticed a significant change in the last few years from before that? Absolutely. And, you know, I actually emailed my list and I asked people who's still on Facebook. I was in, I was kind of floored how many people have completely left the platform which really surprised me. People have shut down Facebook groups. I, I push stuff to my business page. Welcome to one of the dogs and windows all around you. Um, but, you know, I, so I push content there and I engage. I'm tending to use the platform for what it started as. Like I keep in touch with my parents' friends and high mm -hmm. school friends and stuff now. And so it's, yeah, organic reach has gone way down. But what's funny is I went back. I've done some writing cohort challenges online and so I've gone back to Twitter, which I've always been on there, but I'm getting so much more traffic from Twitter than any other platform. And I'm engaging more. Novel idea, right? It's where you show up and engage, but even showing up and engaging on Facebook wasn't doing anything for me. So I think the change in the last few years has been 
um, seeing how many people have just left the platform and it's not hurting their business, you know? And right. I'm also, I will say, I'm also a big fan of paid traffic because that's how you can grow and scale your business. But I believe in having a solid platform and show up where you enjoy being. That's it. And you do it consistently and you get better at your craft and that's what will drive traffic. I mean, it's just do right. good work. Joey, what do you see from social media in terms of changes and how has that kind of impacted your approach over the last few years? Yeah, when I first jumped in, I jumped in for community. I mean, I, I loved meeting other like-minded women, you know, strong leaders out there. And it was really an exciting, I was very excited by all that, right? That I can meet people globally. And I, some of my best friends I met online. Right. And some of them I've never met in person, but we're very, very, very close because of that online emotional connection. Um, however, particularly this year, and I started seeing trends over COVID and things like that. I now use in leveraging social media for face recognition. Right. I've, I've changed my strategy in regards to I want everyone to know who I am right? Um, what I do, and then growing my influence that way. And um, to Kim's point, I think it's so important too, that you're happy where where you're at and what you're doing. And if it becomes this, this uphill battle, right? It's not fun. It's not fun to me, right? So I've continued to build my community and, you know, I learn from people out there too. I like when people like Kim are posting articles and blogs and things like that. And we're all have this creative output. Right. But in regards to my personal brand, I'm absolutely using it as a billboard. Like, like a con consistent billboard as if you're on, you know, Sunset Boulevard and every, you know, you go, you're going down Sunset and it's just like Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible. So by the <laughs> time you get to the Beverly Hills Hotel, <laughs> all you want to do is go see Mission Impossible, right? And so this is very much where I've been heading strategically with my personal, my professional brand. And now in terms of, you know, getting to the next sort of the next stage, right? You came from Hollywood, you had really pioneered digital programming in, in Hollywood, and now you're an independent creator, you have your own agency, and you're starting to be recognized by podcast networks you've joined and, and so forth. What do you think, um, if you had to kind of narrow it down to visibility and influence, what do you think that creators who are sort of throwing throwing darts at a, at a at a social media dartboard hoping to hit that bullseye would better off be doing with their time i would i don't again from your last panel i'm not encouraging anyone to jump off social media the mm -hmm. thing about social media it for me and why i was so excited about it at the front end is because it's a freedom flag right i didn't have to ask hollywood anymore for permission right before that, I had to ask my bosses. I had to ask the studios. You had to ask agencies, right, to, to be out there and, you know, to be recognized as your own personal professional brand, right? And so instead, social media, it's, it became such a freedom flag for me 
right? Where I could, I could show up as Joey, you know? And what I do recommend though, is that people also understand that, that this is a two-way street. I, I still see people thinking they can just post and run. And I'm like, you mm-hmm. still have to emotionally engage with your audience out there. People support those that support them. Right. And so taking the time to really support other people and their message and their gifts and talents out there. And so I've leveraged social media as a huge spotlight and I spotlight people all the time. And that is my community build out. Right. And but I'm also turning the spotlight on myself. And so but I'm sharing my unique point of view. I don't care about trends. I frankly, someone brought up funnels earlier. I don't care about any of that. That doesn't interest me. It doesn't make me happy. Right. So, you know, to Kim's point, do what makes you happy. Right. But what I, but what does make me happy, right. Is sharing my unique point of view in my journey, right. Whether it's through blog posts or videos or podcasts or however, you know, books, whatever we're doing. Right. And sharing that out there, and again, turning the spotlight on that and really also, also sharing all the amazing things that are happening for myself and my brand because it's opening doors for others to do the same. And I don't think you can find, I don't think there's a better microphone out there than social media still. I, mm-hmm. I haven't found it yet, right? Eric, um, I want to talk real briefly about y- your story because I think it's 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 amazing. You had not been on YouTube or live streamed, I believe, prior to January of 2020. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it's about right. Now you've got uh, uh, approaching what 70,000 subscribers on YouTube. You host little less. You run that. three <laughs> channels. You you host popular shows. Um, you sort of did what everybody, all the smart YouTuber folks said not to do, right? Which mm. is long form live talk, right? You're supposed to do short how-to videos and little cutesy things. And, and you went deep into substance and talk and live and it's, it's worked for you. I guess I'm wondering if you approach this conversation from a totally different point of view being that you you kind of weren't playing the game at all by by any sort of you know common playbook. <laughs> uh to be fair, I started in 2018 as a podcaster mm-hmm. and I flailed at it. Um I'm good at meeting people, establishing connections and helping other people. So I had really good guests. But for some reason never got any traction. It's extremely um, frustrating when you don't have any um, traction or anything else. And I'm going to lead into the social media part as well on this. But the factor is, one thing I learned is on social media, everywhere else, I spend all of my time in all the stupid podcast groups. And they're not stupid in the terms of it's stupid to have a group. It's these are time wasters. These are ways for me to go hang out with my other people who are also podcasters and talk about my podcast to the other podcasters, hoping that they'll listen to my podcast and then get confused when, well, the only people who are listening to my podcast are other podcasters. Why is the show not growing? What's going on? (laughs) Am I like a comedian's comedian or something? And I would, you know, try to impress myself with this knowledge or whatever that really I'm just this 
secret talent that people just don't realize that you have to be a podcaster for people to appreciate me being a podcaster <laughs> and not realizing that, well, maybe if you stop hanging out with only podcasters and talking to them and spending all your time talking to them on social media and whatnot, and you actually go out and produce a show for people who might want to hear your subject, you might do better. So that's really kind of the stance. And I sort of accidentally fell into it with a YouTube stance because the comments on YouTube gave me immediate feedback. With podcasts, I can look at stats and I go, wow, I have 1% from Africa, um, South Africa, 10% from England, 3% from Ireland, and 60% from the US. Well, who are these people? What do they do? What do they like? Are they getting feedback? YouTube, it's like, that was the dumbest thing you ever said. Oh, oh okay. I got feedback. <laughs> or somebody in the chat. And and then somebody say, well, Eric, um, I normally like you. But I, but, 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 oh, I found a fan. Hey, Baldy, shut up. You know, I, whatever. But I now I'm actually communicating with people. And I guess my stance, and I don't know if I'm even covering your question, is to find a way to communicate with people, and I hate to say audience and viewers because it really regulates it down because these are people, be open with them and do the best you can. So for social, first off, I like Kevin Kelly. I love his essay about a thousand true fans. I think it's very spot on. And if, you're, if I'm going to spend time on social media, I'm first going to be on my locals. Why? People actually pay to follow me on locals. It's a group. They're invested. There aren't any trolls because trolls are cheap. Trolls don't pay. <laughs> so these are fairly like-minded people and out of respect to them, they're there. They're supporting me. They're a message. First thing I have to say is always to my locals, always to locals. Then if I'm going outside of that, I'm going to go with Twitter for the most part. I do the other ones a little bit. Twitter, I used to hate. I actually have grown to enjoy, especially because it's not an insult to have a pithy answer. And if you're trying to actually communicate to scale, what is more beneficial to me and my audience? I said audience. I still respect you people. Um, <laughs> it is more beneficial, I feel, to all parties involved if I have the time to take to create another live stream and I can see people in the chat and introduce them to somebody amazing than to sit there on Twitter or strategize on facebook or anything else so i find just trying to create the best possible program i can usually is the most effective thing and i think also an advantage if you're picking one platform of twitter is because you're live and your shows now have a, a sizable audience it's a good chance that twitter's the place where people are going to go to search to see hey is anybody talking about Mm -hmm. this show or that show or what time does it start or did he tweet about what's coming up today or whatever like it's still the fastest place to get news or about things that are happening live right mm -hmm. and it converts um, right facebook i mean instagram's the worst now it may be better with youtube if i was you know prettier or more artistic sure maybe <laughs> but um in general it converts terribly because people what i'm looking at my pictures go go, go with your content right, right, right. whereas twitter is a hundred percent um leading out newspaper articles magazine articles podcast video whatever it is 
by design, Twitter is a little stream that you jump in and go, oh, what's that? And then you follow and you jump back into the stream later. It's going by too fast for you to sit there and go, you know, it, it goes against completionist tendencies. Like mm -hmm. Facebook, I want to go through every relative, every line, da, 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 da. You're interrupting my feed. Twitter, it's a stream and you're jumping in and out and it's designed specifically in that way. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, let's let's go back around. Um, a final question to you, Eric, would be if somebody was trying to start an alternative platform, do you recommend uh, locals or you think locals is not for everyone? You know, what do you what do you and, and do you make it? Did you make your audience on YouTube first and then mm -hmm. go to locals or did you build an audience on locals and then bring them to YouTube? Oh, very much the reverse. Right, right. And it's, it's, I mean, if you go with a funnel thing, it's literally like, um, if, if, if I had 50K, and it kind of lines up this way 50K YouTube followers equals about 5,000 local followers equals maybe 500 who actually pay and support. And it, okay. it, it, it lines, it's not exact. Like I have more who pay than the percentages, but it is still kind of a funnel. So it, if I'm going to go out and have a hundred person channel and I do locals, it's going to be a lonely place. <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, and that's just right. the facts. Um, I would definitely be promoting much harder on Twitter there because you can maybe trend check. You can maybe get involved with the conversation with others. And then people say, Hey, what are you about? And then maybe they'll come and watch. Maybe they'll check it out again. I mean, these things are not, rapid i mean the average overnight sensation is 10 years right right joey you're probably the most positive about social media uh from our <laughs> from our six panelists tell us what else if anything else that you're doing um outside of social media whether online or offline mm -hmm. that contributes to either building connecting with monetizing your audience or or just growing your brand in general yeah, so I'm a huge fan of speaking, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm on stages, right? Plus the books, right? Then the online programs. And, you know, there's there's so many different ways. I love repurposing content, right? Mm -hmm. And being very generous with that and getting that out there and leading with that. Um, again, it's not that I'm not frustrated with social media because I because it can be very frustrating, especially in today's marketplace. Um, however... Again, I haven't found an alternative that moves as quickly, right? Mm -hmm. To Eric's point, it's just things can just rock. You can have tipping points so much quicker because the, the net's large. It's just a large net out there. And I feel like what I'm hearing a lot from people out there is it's so noisy. It's so noisy. It's so noisy. And I want to just say, you know what? Just get back in your lane right? Mm -hmm. Be who you are, be unique, right? Share unique and just know not everyone's going to like you, especially when you're, you're sharing your authentic, unique point of view. However, that right? can help. How, however, right? The people <laughs> that are attracted to you, right? The loyalty is incredible. And again, you don't have to ask permission. You don't, you don't have to go to the big brands anymore, right? Mm -hmm. You can cross pollinate. And so, um, you know, I've launched, you know, my own media, you know, my shops about to launch, but however, I'm leveraging other talent out there that I really respect. And then we're doing it 
what I call a banana split, right? We're leveraging each other's influence, right? The face recognition, get consistent, right? And the other thing too is don't be shy. I don't have a problem with saying I'm leveraging social media now to sell things. I have no problem with that, right? Social media doesn't have a problem leveraging us, right? And selling off of our backs, right? And not giving us any SEO, right? And so, so finding these other ways of building out, you know, and back to Kim again, I totally agree. You know, get your own real estate and how you're going to build out that real estate and driving people back to that real estate, real estate, right? By giving them real content value first, right? And also too, then standing in your spotlight and sharing those gifts and talents out there and just having more of a trust factor, right? I look at social media and this might not be a very popular opinion, but again, I'm going to share it, right? Because that's being authentic. And I look at it like it's that's a religion. Why you're here. <laughs> it's a religion, right? And so <laughs> I tell people, I said, don't get so caught up in likes and hearts and comments and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, get caught up in be in sharing sharing your unique point of view, right? And no one out there is going to begrudge you when you, when you're also, hey, by the way, do you want to buy this? Mm-hmm. I don't think I, I I think I think people respect it, right? Because everyone knows that this is not just a hobby for us. This is actually a business. And so right. I I particularly I like Facebook because Facebook's more emotional connection for me, right? There's a lot of women on Facebook, right? And that's my that's the backyard that I want to play in, right? And I really appreciate when I can have so, you know, to Eric's point. Instagram doesn't interest me because it's just a magazine, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's just back to that thing again of like, oh, it's pretty and you know, pretty pictures and this and that. And I want to have a real conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So Ross, so you know, I so appreciate this topic and you having me on here, brother, because we're all having a real conversation right now. Yeah, thank you so much for for being here, everybody. And and Kim, I, I want to come back to you for uh, the final thought because I think. You've really built up uh, your non-social media, but yet online virtual properties, uh, if you could call them that. Um, Talk a little bit about what you're doing, what your approach is to the extent that you, you know, you're open to it. Just give people a little idea of of your thought, your thought process. You did, you did before, but. It, it's just so fascinating. Um, the floor is yours to, to, to sort of tackle that any way, any way you want to. Well, thanks. You might regret that. <laughs> so I, I probably sound like I hate social. I really don't. I, I, I think for me, it's a personal, like F the hustle was born out of this. Stop telling me to be everywhere. All like, I can't like, you know, and it's a personal, my own mindset around the pressure to do more and to, to, to be more and whatnot. And so I mean, I am on all the platforms and I just keep going to where it's fun and, you know, kind of piggybacking off of what Joey said too. I'm like, if I put more time into conversations on Facebook, then maybe that would feel a little bit different for me also. And so, you know, I want to get back into a little bit more video with this right now. Like I'm just kind of head down doing the work. And so when I get in that space, you know, I create automated campaigns from the content I create on my site that I republish out. I love repurposing. I publish emails as blog posts and break into tweets and stuff all mm-hmm. the time. 
And so I've kind of fall. I think the space is matured. That's where I think we're at right now. It's like, it's not this new novelty anymore. And so we're trying to find our way through it. It's right. I mean, TV commercials have been around for how long? No one's going to stop at using them. You know, no one's, right. I mean, print ads is a whole other conversation, but where, well, I just mean the challenge of getting, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the readers and whatnot, but you know, so I think we're just kind of these, a lot of what we're experiencing is growing pains. And so I wish I could tell you I had this brilliant strategy. I just keep doing what I'm doing and where I enjoy doing it. My focus is always, always, always going to be on building my email list and creating a relationship with people. I love newsletters. It's like the second coming of newsletters mm-hmm. and it's fun. I'm watching what people are doing in this space and treating it like their own publication and like, I look at anything I used to say, you know, uh, it's kind of like podcasting. Podcasting works great if you stick with it. YouTube works great if you stick with it. And a lot of people will launch things and then they don't get any leverage. I'm like, okay, I just published issue 77 of the newsletter. I'm like, damn, I've done that for 77 weeks straight. That feels really good, you know? <laughs> and it's just building on that. And then I, I just, I like going deeper and getting better at the craft and having pe- like, I can spend hours writing a blog post and I have fun with it and editing it and stuff. My trick then is getting more of the promotion out there and making sure I'm happy, like I'm happy to get other people to create campaigns and push it, but I have to be the one having the conversation with the people on social. I'm not, I don't want to like Joey said, I don't want to publish and run, you know? So it's, it is one of those, um, I I don't know. I'm just kind of having fun. I, my goal is to get back into more video, you know, and I'm not going to do how to videos. And I love that Eric does these long talk conversations. My podcasts are all an hour long. Um, and I like to have fun. So everything will come back to where am I having the most fun that I can drive people to create a relationship on my email list. That's a great way to uh, to end with something fun and something positive. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you, Joey. Thank you, Eric. It, it's great having you all on. And uh, thanks to our panelists who were here earlier, uh, Coach Jenny, John Burke, and Michael Kinney. And I, I guess a final thought I, I had is is that um, your information that you're putting out there on social platforms, there may be a small group of people who are willing to pay for <clears throat> a deeper dive or more in-depth look or access to you. So we didn't really get into it a lot, but courses, masterminds, Q&As, exclusive content, all those things you don't need a huge audience to monetize. What you need is an audience that cares about you and what you have to say and what you can offer them. And then the other thing is get good at whatever your specific platform is, whether it's podcasting or live streaming or blogging or video creation, what have you. If you're, if you're among the, really talented people who are doing that. If you develop your skill set, if as you're building an audience, as you're putting content out, if you also work on your craft and not just think of it as, as marketing or business, then you're going to stand out when, when opportunities come along. Uh, so those are a couple, couple final thoughts. We've, we've had a wonderful panel again, thanks to Kim Doyle, Eric Hunley, Joey Garrity, coach Jenny Mustafa, Julak, Michael Kinney, and John Burke, uh, their bios are all in the YouTube description. There's links to connect with them, check them out. They're really awesome people, and I, I can't wait to hear from them again in the future. 
as we tackle other issues. So thank you, everybody, and have a wonderful weekend.